You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. fixed on a world that is in shambles and we can't see Christ in the middle of us because we're dulled. Our spiritual senses have been dulled. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life have crept into our spiritual lives. And now we're, our eyes are dull. We can't see clearly. What Jesus is telling you today, go to the pool of Ceylon and be washed. And here, the pool of Ceylon represents to me God's word. Be washed by the water of the Word. Be washed by the water of the Word. In today's message from Pastor Dave, he reveals to you the importance of taking time to be in God's Word each day. When you're focused on worldly things, it's easy to have your spiritual senses be dulled. In order to see the Lord clearly, you need to take time to sit and be with Him. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 9 as he continues his message. Here's clay in your eye. Because you can't put Jesus into a religious box. You can't put him in a religious box. You can't expect him to heal the same way every single time, but you can expect him to heal. He uses all sorts of things to heal people, all sorts, including doctors, including medicines. He uses all sorts of things to heal. There is no formula that I can give you If you do this, 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 and this, you'll be healed. I can't give you that formula. I wish I could. But we can't get caught up in the method. Don't get caught up in the method of the healing. It's not the method that made this man see. It was the healing power that comes from God and God alone that made this man see. We call people up here. We have oil that we anoint people with. According to Scriptures, Call for the elders of the church, anyone who's sick, and they will anoint you with oil and say the prayer of faith. The oil has no special power. Some of the oil we got up here makes it great for a salad. You can put it on a salad and eat it. It's great oil. There's no healing power in the oil. God does the healing. God does all healing. So you can't put your trust in this. You put your trust in God who's going to do the healing. There's no magical power. God is the one who heals and uses different ways to heal. But all healing comes from him. Jesus always used healing to set up a message. He always used healing to set up a message. Some people tend to focus on the healing and they miss the message. So many people are focused on the healing, they miss the message that Jesus is trying to come forth with. So rather than just speaking to the man, rather than laying of hands on him, he does something quite interesting. He makes mud out of spittle and clay and rubs it in the man's eye. Here's clay in your eyes. What does this man think when Jesus was doing all this? What does this man think when he he had to feel something wet on his face? 
He had to feel something wet. Now not only was he blind, but he's got all this irritation on his face, making him crazy. You know what's interesting, though? In Jesus' day, they actually believed that spittle from those who were notable had healing powers. Actually believed that spittle from those who were notable had healing powers. So Jesus, Jesus makes this really crude eye salve, right? Out of clay and spit. I wonder if the man heard him. What is he doing? What if the man heard him? He, he, obviously, he couldn't see. And he rubs it in the man's eyes. It's really interesting. One commentator says this, quote, Christ making use of his own spittle imitates that there is healer virtually in everything that belongs to Jesus Christ. I like that. The clay made out of his spittle was more precious than anything else in the world. Can you imagine that? I mean, we think of spittle as, some of you probably are scathing when you said, he spit on him. Well, he made clay. Can you imagine the guy? He spit right in his eye. Jesus anointed the man's eyes with the clay, with the mud. He put it on there. I get a vision of a tender physician. We call him the great physician, don't we? I get a, I get a, I get a look of this tender physician rubbing it on the man's eye so beautifully, rubbing it on there. And it's interesting that at no time Jesus is touching the man, but he wasn't healed, was he? He wasn't healed by Jesus' touch. It was beautiful. He did it with his own hand. Here he is with a beggar. People wouldn't even give this guy the time of day. He probably had ragged clothes on. He might have smelt. I don't know. But Jesus is there next to him, rubbing salve in his eye because of the great compassion he had for the sick and the lost. And the gospel message says that he was sent to open the eyes of the blind. Look at Acts 26. In Acts 26, the apostle Paul is on the Damascus road, right? And he's before King Agrippa, giving his testimony to King Agrippa. And look what he says to King Agrippa in um, verse uh, 17 and 18 on 26. Jesus is speaking to the apostle Paul, telling him, I, Jesus, will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I send you. Why? To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified in faith by me. This implies the blindness of the sinner. It applies of those who are spiritually blind, the present condition, blind as to the future, the spiritual blind, living for material only, to turn them from darkness to light, those who are living in the sin and darkness. And in a moral sense, darkness is ignorance. Light is knowledge. Darkness is evil. Light is good and pure. And in a spiritual sense, darkness means death. Darkness means death. Light means life. Why does a person walk in darkness? They're either ignorant or they're evil. It can't be one of the, it has to be one or the other. And Jesus spoke to those who walked in darkness. He loved those who walked in darkness. I've came to seek that which was lost. Those who are walking in darkness. Gospel John chapter 1 told us that people love darkness because they can hide their sin in darkness. So people walk in darkness. Jesus gives this man's instructions. He tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Look at verse 10. Um, excuse me, 7. And he, Jesus said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Interesting, the pool of Siloam was where the priests went and filled up their great big jars and jugs 
for the Feast of Tabernacles, remember? And they came back and they poured it on the steps. Remember the last day of the feast? They came back without water and Jesus stood up and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and out of him will flow torrents of rivers of living water, speaking of the Holy Spirit. That's very, very interesting. The meaning of Siloam is sent. And basically, the pool of Siloam was made from Hezekiah's tunnel. Hezekiah tunnel that went through and it sent water from one place into Jerusalem. But there's no spiritual connection between the pool and the healing. Once again, it was a method that Jesus was using. It was a method of, that Jesus was using. However, the waters of Siloam in the olden times signified the throne and kingdom of the house of David, which pointed to the Messiah, the one who was sent. Siloam, sent. Jesus was pointing to himself as the healer. I love this. The man makes his way to the pool. How did he get to the pool? How did he even know where it was? He makes his way to the pool. He washes, and he receives his, his, his sight. Do you realize what faith this took? Do you realize what faith and obedience this took for this man to do this? Wow. Jesus never promised that he would be healed if he washed. Jesus just threw mud in his eyes and said, now go wash. He didn't say, here's this mud, I'm going to put it in your eyes, and if you go wash, you'll be healed. Never said that, did he? He just said, here's mud in your eye, now go wash. The man acted on faith. As the blind man made his way to the pool of Siloam, he could probably think of a dozen reasons why this was a foolish thing to do. Some idiot just put mud in my eye, and I have to go wash, or I'll be here. This is crazy. But he went, and he washed in faith, because Jesus had told him to. And I find that extremely interesting because we know through the story at this time, he doesn't even know who Jesus is. He has absolutely no idea who he is. And when I read this and read this, and I kept on, the, there was a story that came to my mind. You can find this story in 2 Kings, verse, uh, 2 Kings 5. It's the story of Naaman. And Naaman has leprosy. He's a leper. And they, the king writes a letter to him to take to the king of Israel for a healing. So Naaman comes all the way from his country, and I, I forget where it is. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this whole story. And Naaman comes, and he, and he comes to the king, and he's sent to Elisha. He's sent to the prophet Elisha. And he goes there, and he presents this letter to Gehurzi, the, the, the servant of Elisha. And Elisha doesn't even come out. Elisha doesn't even come out of, the, out of his house. But this servant comes out and says, Elisha said, the prophet said, go into the Jordan and dip yourself seven times and you'll be healed. This guy became infuriated. This guy was really mad because how dare him? He didn't even come out to see me. He didn't even come out to tell me what to do. And now he wants me to go down here and dip in the Jordan? Ugh, the muddy, nasty Jordan? I'm going to go in there and dip seven times? What a disgust. What a disgrace. And he's mumbling and mumbling and mumbling and mumbling. And then one of the servants, I forget what, it might even be a servant girl, came to him and said, my Lord, if the prophet had told you to do, go do some great thing, would you have done it? Well, yeah. So guess what? He gets off his horse, comes to the Jordan, goes and dips himself seven times, and he's clean. Obedient. Obedience. I'm sure going through this guy's mind, walking down there, man, he's probably walking on He's probably mothering under his breath, and he's just kind of all oh, can't believe that he has to do this now. So he goes 
to the pool of Siloam, and he washes all this stuff up, and boom, he sees. Wow. Can you imagine seeing for the very first time? Can you imagine seeing for the very first time when my son was in elementary school, early elementary school? He was having all kinds of trouble. And we come to find out that he was basically having terrible eyesight. He had horrible problems. He couldn't see. Couldn't see the blackboard. Couldn't see where he was writing. So we took him to an eye doctor, and he got glasses. So we take him in, and he gets fitted for his glasses. And I'll never forget, it was, we got glasses at Sears Roebuck Company. So he gets these glasses. I'll tell you what, my heart broke because he's sitting there going, Whoa! He's walking around the store like this. He's looking at every tag, and he's walking. I, I felt so bad. I said, this poor kid has been struggling for how long? Look at this. It was like he was giving his sight back. I can imagine that's what's going on with this guy. Can you imagine never, being, never seeing anything and all of a sudden being able to see? Oh, my goodness. One commentator said this, quote, there is more glory in this concise narrative he went and washed and came seeing than in Caesar's vende, vide, vice. I came, I saw, I conquered. I love that. He went, he washed, and he came seeing. Once again, Jesus works a miracle. The work that the Father declared who he is. Since healing of the blind was the work of Yahweh, it was the work of Jehovah. In Psalm 146.8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. Opening the eyes of the blind was what the prophesied that the work of the Messiah, the Messiah would open the eyes of the blind. Isaiah 35, 5, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Wherever Jesus performs a miracle, controversy wasn't too far behind. Anytime Jesus did a mighty work of God, there was always controversy. And it begins with the neighbors. The neighbors start to yak back and forth. And next week, it turns, goes to the Pharisees. So let's read the rest of this uh, time. Therefore, beginning in verse 8, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man called Jesus made a clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. And they said to him, Where is he? And he said, I don't know. Is this the blind guy? Is this the same guy? No, it looks like him, but it can't be. How long was he there? I don't know. Is this the guy who used to beg? I don't know. When Jesus touches your life, your life changes. And some people might not recognize you. Some people might not recognize the old you. When they see the new you, looks like Dave. Certainly doesn't act like him. Wow, is it really him? What happened? What's really interesting here is that people are not impressed with the miracle at all. They're not even impressed with the miracle. This guy see, has sight. After being born blind, he has sight, and they're not excited about this. At this point, all this guy knows is a man named Jesus. How is it that you can see? Well, a man named Jesus got some clay, put it in my eyes, and he said to him, go wash at the pool of Siloam. Now, right away, these guys probably said, okay, we're going to have the, the ministry of the muddy eyes, you know, Let's go make some cakes. Everybody we see, we're going to smack, you know, why not? I mean, come on. Jesus washed feet, and they have foot-washing ministries, right? 
Come on, it's the same thing. We're going to put this in a box. We're going to take it on a road. Let's get some clay, walk around. We'll all spit in it, and we'll stir it up, and we'll take it on the road. Healing healing today. Woohoo! come here. Here's clay in your eyes. Splat. Come on, isn't that our way? Isn't that our way? Jesus did it. Well, why can't we do it? Let's do it now. Let's have it now. Next week, we're all going to get mud in our eye. That's how we think. Man named Jesus. I went, I washed, and I received my sight. It's interesting that the disciples wanted to know why the man was blind, and town people wanted to know how his eyes were open, but they missed the important point. They missed the who. Who performed the miracle? They missed it completely. I love it. A man called Jesus. I love that. Let's look at the application as we close up. You know, there are two types of sight. You have physical sight, and you have spiritual sight. This man was blind in both. He was blinded physically, but he also was blinded spiritually. Blindness is a great tragedy. Satan blinds peoples. He blinds their inner eyes. They're unable to see God. He keeps them from seeing God. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which, which, which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. The world has been blinded by Satan. The world has been blinded by Satan. People are able to believe in Christ because they've been blinded by Satan and his cunningness and his, his wiry ways. Imagine being un, unable to see the beauties of the world is bad enough, but being unable to see the true beauties of God has to be horrible. has to be horrible because in God, everything is beautiful. In God, everything is wonderful. There is gloriousness in everything that we see. God's grace has been removed such blindness from us. We should be eternally grateful to God. And I've said this before. One of my favorite verses is John 3, 3. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Sadly, those of us who have been born again have allowed a spiritual blindness to creep back into our lives. We were once set free, and we once had spiritual eyes. But for some reason, because of familiarity or because of whatever, hardships or trials, we've allowed spiritual blindness to come back into our eyes. And in the church also, we, our vision, our spiritual vision just isn't as sharp as it used to be. It's been dulled. It's been blurred. We can't find our way. This, this handicap that we have is the cares of the world. Cares of the world have pulled upon us and it's pulling our eyes from Christ and we have our eyes fixed on the world that is dying and going to hell. We have our eyes fixed on a world that is in shambles and we can't see Christ in the middle of us because we're dulled. Our spiritual senses have been dulled. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life have crept into our spiritual lives and now we're, our eyes are dull. We can't see clearly. Well, Jesus is telling you today, Go to the pool of Ceylon and be washed. And here, the pool of Ceylon represents to me God's word. Be washed by the water of the word. Be washed by the water of the word and be clean. Be clean to have your eyes open to God's glory, to have your eyes open to God's love, to have your eyes open to God's amazing grace. Oh, how desperately the church needs an awakening of such that our eyes would be cleared that the scales would be drawn off our eyes and will you be able to see clearly the things of God, that God might do the works that he wants to do in our lives and show the people out there who we rely. We need to have the clay removed. It's time to get the clay removed so that we can see him clearly. The world has blinded us with everything that's not true. 
Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. There is no life apart from him. There is no freedom apart from him. There is no vision apart from him. There is no spiritual sight apart from him. It can't happen. Allow him to lead you to the pool of his word and allow him to wash you by the water of the word and you will be cleansed. You will be sanctified according to Ephesians 5, 26. Because we are the bride of Christ. And in Ephesians 5, in this section of Ephesians 5, Paul's talking about husbands and wife and how the relationship is between Christ and the church. Hell, we are the bride of Christ and he wants to sanctify us and he wants to uh, wash us with the water of the word and cleanse us and make us perfect. He wants to take all the wrinkles out of our lives. He wants to cleanse us up. This is what he did on the cross for us. He gave himself for us. He gave himself for us on the cross and cleansing every stain of sin, cleansing it away. And since the work of Jesus on the cross comes to us through the word of God, when the word of God is preached, it becomes said that you're right now being washed by the water of the word. If you would accept it in your hearts, if you would accept it in your heart, you're being washed by the water of the word right now. Is God telling you to do something right now, to be cleansed, to, to go to the pool, to go to his word and be cleansed, to take the scale off your eyes, to come out of the darkness that has so easily gotten to you? You've slid a little bit. You've slid in your faith a little bit. You, you let the ways of the world, the cares of the world, and all the things that are in it have gotten you down. And your vision now is blurred and you can't see clearly. Jesus is saying, wash yourselves in the water of the word. Become cleansed, become holy, become pure. Become pure. There's something cleansing when we go to the word. There's something cleansing that happens in our heart when we go to the word of God. And we read it with faith. When we read it believing that what it says is true. And we allow it to come into our hearts. And we allow it to just blossom. And we allow it to show us wonders. And glorious things. Yes, sometimes it reproves us. Sometimes it chastises us. Sometimes it takes us a long time to understand it. God's word never comes back void. It never will return void. And as the bride of Christ, this is what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to wash us with his waters. He wants to take away your blemishes. He wants to take away your wrinkles. He knows we're not perfect. He knows we're not perfect. But he's willing to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In fact, We've been cleansed from all unrighteousness by his precious blood that he shed on a cross. So if you're having trouble seeing spiritually, run back to Jesus. Run back to Jesus and be washed and get the clay out of your eyes through the washing of the word. Be obedient to his word. When his word tells you to do something, do it. Be obedient. Don't grumble. Don't argue. Do what God is telling you to do right now. Believe on the God's promises. This man only knew one thing. He knew the name of Jesus, but that was enough. He knew the name of Jesus, and that's all he knew. But Jesus knew him. Jesus knew him. Brothers and sisters, don't continue on in the blindness. Don't continue on the blindness if your eyes have been scaled, if your eyes are blurry to the spiritual things of God. Something's happening. Something's wrong. And I always say this. It's not wrong with God. He's not the problem. We need to obey. We need to go and be washed in the pool of Siloam. We need to be washed by the one whom God has sent, Jesus Christ the righteous. And we need to be cleansed. That's our only hope. Seek him, confess your blindness to him, and allow him to cleanse you and give you the sight. You are a sure
We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.